Please come in. You you've got the email. I uh I stumbled across your show waiting for the elevator and wow, it's truly poignant, timely, uh courageous even. Uh I, I oh my god. This is truly I can't believe this. I I am in the skit. This must be the skit. That's right. and dice our way through horror films of old and new. As always, I'm Brian, today with a message. I have seen the dark universe yawning, where the black planets roll without aim, where they roll in their horror unheeded, without knowledge or luster or name. And I'm Nicholas Alexander Hacks. Actually, no, my true identity is... <laughs> Destroyer of Worlds. <laughs> T- today we are covering uh, yet an- yet again another Nick Cage movie back to back uh no correlation with each other uh color out of space people yeah and uh, um I'm so sorry I'm so unprepared right now this is so unprofessional of me oh my god please don't fire me okay color out of space When you were just a kid in our class, you would color pictures without a care in the world. Your teacher notices and screams, which actually translates to, your colors are out of space. Then you realize that your teacher is a horrifying eldritch horror creature from the nether. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I mean, we've, we've all... We've had this experience. Yep. You're coloring out of the lines. Nope. Yeah. So. Cue title card. Guts. <laughs> guts of the film. <laughs> when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Okay, so. We had a underwhelming experience i feel i i was expecting a little bit more out of this movie Mm -hmm. i was expecting like big visual effects huge monsters and i kind of got that but it was also very the thing ish like it was it felt very inspired by the thing but at, at the same time it really didn't pull it off as well as John Carpenter's film. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, HP Lovecraft is known for writing about cosmic, deep existential horror. 
Mm-hmm. And that's very much in line with the tone of the thing. I guess you would and have I to wish... say that it's it's kind of really hard to take something from H.P. Lovecraft from a book and turn it into a film. Well, I mean, yeah, totally. And if you think about what the thing is, doesn't it kind of feel like a very similar story? It feels like it could be heavily inspired by this short story by H.P. Lovecraft. The unknown. You know, the, the spreading and the unknown and all of this. Mm-hmm. So it's been done in a movie so well. This film fell really short for me. It felt really inadequate in so many ways. And it's just like I, I pulled some lines from books that I found about, from Lovecraft. And he, here are just some of them so you get an idea about who this guy is and how he writes. All right. One of them is the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. I didn't get that tone from the movie. The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all of its contents. I didn't get that feeling from the movie. And then, of course, when I opened this podcast with, I have seen the dark universe yawning, where the black planets roll without aim, where they roll in their horror unheeded, without knowledge or luster or name. This is brutal stuff this is the stuff that enters your mind when you're you know sitting alone somewhere and you just really become terrified of your surroundings and the existence of anything at all and then you go to record your podcast and then you're like am i about to have an episode am i about to break down and give up on everything should i just save face and and start recording this episode as if nothing is wrong as if hb lovecraft hasn't made me entirely question my existence and then you watch a shitty movie and you're like, never mind. The, the, it's such a, it wasn't a good attempt at covering this film. And I hate being mean about it. Like, it's like, mm. oh, it's a movie. Someone put thought into it. Yeah. I, I kind of like Nick Cage. The performances were oh, really okay overall. But it so missed the point. For Okay, so with it being Nick Cage, I've come to the conclusion that it's really fucking hit or miss with yeah. him. And another thing... I was expecting, obviously I was expecting something cheesy. I can handle cheese. It really depends. But the writing was so Mm -hmm. off, it just felt ham-fisted. It felt unnatural, robotic. And there are some movies out there that I I enjoy that have that. But for some reason... That we loved. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. of course. But this movie just trudges on for... Mm -hmm. Two fucking hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too long, might I add. Yeah. With nothing happening. Like, so, I can handle a slow burn. But this was like... This was like taking a dip in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. And yeah. drowning in your sorrows. Because mm. life is hard and depression and chocolate is the cure-all for, for, you know, but you, then you realize that it's not chocolate and it's the the sewage line. And, uh, you realize that you've been eating fecal matter and that's what this movie is. People you're eating fecal matter. Don't drink the water. That's like, that's a huge point in the movie too. Don't drink the water. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of, um, it actually kind of reminds me of cabin fever. A bit. I haven't seen this one. You haven't seen I Cabin Fever? I about the Beach Boys it's, song. It's, Don't uh, go near the water the whole time. Um, it's an Eli Roth movie. And it's about 
this flesh eating bacteria that's affecting mm. affecting the land and uh you know your dumb like pretty boy teenagers go off to you know your t- the teenagers that are well into yeah. their mid 20s and you know smoking <laughs> weed having premarital sex and drinking you're water just hearing about the sounds tedious <laughs> just mm. even the description yeah i think my favorite <sighs> my favorite line from that movie is probably pancakes just pancakes no being pancakes. being screamed pancakes. pancakes pancakes being screamed pancakes 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 i feel like we've talked about this before i just we, had a flashback to something we have okay <laughs> okay so th- this felt like it relied mm-hmm. on horror movie cliche moments mm. and that didn't make sense to me the it didn't make sense to me that any of that had to be there were character choices where everyone was one note like she's like i'm the dark one who's kind of rebellious but practices you know this occult these rituals but i'm also like anti-authority and and it's just like and then the brother who's like playing video games with his long hair and the little boy who loves space it felt so one note all of it you're you're forgetting like one more thing then there's nick cage yeah there's Nick Cage, and I don't even know what he is. He is a weird collage of of Nick Cage in all of the other movies he's been in. And I'm convinced there's just there's one Nick Cage that has ever existed, and it has been him in everything. And he's just a mishmash of all of the characters he's ever played. And he might himself be an invulnerable eldritch terror that has come to Earth and, and just spread thin across Brian, all movies. Brian, we're not supposed to talk about that. They could be listening oh, right yeah. now. That's true. Uh, stay tuned for our Nick Cage interview next episode. We're looking forward to it. He asked for me personally, actually, so it should be fine, right? What? Yeah. No. Brian. No. Oh, no. Oh, God. The cult of Nick Cage <laughs> is coming. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Cue that song <laughs> whenever, without getting copyright for that. Oh, man. Nick is still listening to that song, by the way, from the yeah. movie. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good comparison point. Mandy was also weird and surreal and out there and and crazy it and was it understood acidity. what Nick Cage was. Yeah. yeah, Nick Cage understood what the movie was, and it was this blend of just I, like it knows what it is. I was watching an interview on that movie with Nick Cage, and he was talking about how that was the most fun he had ever had cool. on cool. on yeah. set. So, yeah, uh, Mandy was weird as fuck. Yeah. But colorful, artsy, and I mean, it had a generic storyline. But what was what it was holding up was you know Nick Cage did a really good job in that movie. I mean, he portrayed himself, um, and uh, it's really hit or miss depending on what movie he chooses to do. So I'm like sad to say that this movie made me feel nothing. I yeah, like the the moment towards the end of the movie where it's like oh Nick Cage has gone full blown crazy and he's trying to feed his son mother or son wife amalgamation to his uh, like you know use his daughter as food and I uh and then then in a split second he he shoots his wife and and son Mm mm-hmm 
when he was when the when the daughter was about to be rescued by the police officer and uh and um water uh water boy mm-hmm. water boy yes uh, that was his title his official yep. title and like my my concern was like throughout the whole film these characters would be motivated to do something and their motivations always seemed just a bit off like the film didn't quite sell that like oh yeah of course that's what they're doing like it all of it felt like why are you doing this Oh, because you need to somehow get to the next act. Like, it always felt so forced. And the film was expansive. It was so long. And right. very little ground was covered. At no point did I really feel like we were being propelled forward. It kind of stumbled into the next few scenes. And I kept, if you watch our reaction, you'll see this, I kept really not wanting to dislike it. I kept wanting to give mm. it a shot. We kept trying to stay optimistic. But it kept making taking these little missteps and... It felt like a very shallow interpretation, almost like the person who made or wrote the, the screenplay, maybe even. Because frankly, the, the actors were all fine. Nick Cage got a little bit out of hand near the end there, but I feel like that's because the movie just was not the right pick for him. That may have been a casting problem. All of the acting was fine, maybe even like good in some cases. The script they had to work with seemed horrible. The filming was fine. Some scenes were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Some of the CGI, CGI more than yeah. It, yeah, it was like it went from serviceable to really impressive, right? And the sound design is pretty cool in some sequences. It's just the way it's paced. It's the way it feels. Right. It's the way the story's tied together. It felt very tedious for a very long time. And you and I were both kind of banking on a big final act. And we didn't really get it. The movie thought it was giving me that, at least I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I did not feel like that was the payoff. I felt the same way. I yeah. felt the same way. I was like, I want this big fucking battle between the, an entity that's behind this whole thing. And, you know, we get this big happy ending and, and, and now, or, or like a, a big sad ending. It, it didn't right. really matter. I, I would like a dark ending, but it just comes... It, it falls flat. It really yeah. fucking falls flat. Where's the unknown? Where's the fear of the unknown? Not just like stuff slowly <laughs> happening to a family. Like it's just like where is that deep That's... chord that 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 Lovecraft is supposed to strike in all of us? And why would you try to show the color that he says the color was almost impossible to describe? And it There's... was only by analogy that they called it color at all. What, you don't show that on the. Come on, you've got to keep it mysterious, so... unknown. Funny enough, I actually watched um, half of a movie um, with my sister um, called Color of Space. It's a a film adaptation of an author's novel, Terry Pratchett. Uh, And she told me, oh, fun fact, they actually made a new color for, you know, the color of space. Like there, there's like this uh, edge of the earth or whatever, and there's a rainbow at the edge of it, and there's like, like at the very bottom of the rainbow, there's a there's a new color. Hmm. I don't know how hard it is to create a new color. I imagine it is uh, a tedious task to perform, but it can't really be done in a technical sense. Yeah, all you can do is is change. It's called the hexadecimal values. All you can do is change the values of different like how colors are allocated like your primaries and all of that and you can get different shades of things like if you've ever seen a value chart of colors Mm, but you can't invent a new color it can't be it's not done even if you could i don't believe we could perceive it you know and that's kind of what lovecraft is like 
what is it to perceive a new color? Like he had that line I read about the most merciful thing in the world is the inability of the human mind to correlate all of its contents. What is it when we can't trust our own heads to, to think about ourselves or the world, right? That's kind of the question that he tries to bring up. And this movie didn't, didn't get any of that. Do you know what me. I was really trying to bank off of? I really wanted body horror. And yeah, I know yeah, we got that yeah. with the alpacas, but that's that's already been done. Mm-hmm. The the thing, point case yeah. and being, I'm gonna keep coming back to that because it's like my favorite movie oh, of all time. But it's a valid comparison here too. Yeah, and I was expecting more humanoid. Like when Nick Cage's arms started to become dark and crusty, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, beef jerky with like a resemblance of beef jerky at, at a Seven yes. Eleven gas station at like two in the morning, just sitting there uh, yep. rotting away. Uh, yep. I expected his arms to turn into like a praying mantis, like the mandibles and everything. And I didn't get that. And I feel very disappointed. <laughs> I, maybe we did. We kind of did get a humanoid amalgamation, but was, was probably my only like favorite thing about this movie that the, the mother and son fusion that had happened uh was pretty cool but think about how frustrating it was when they kept trying to tell us that that's what was happening like imagine Mm -hmm. if on the other hand we see the kid we see their face their jaws drop and it cuts to the next they were trying to be slowly creeping down the hallway to open up the room to see this horrible disfigured massive flesh that they'd become they didn't do that i feel like they were trying to be very subtle and artsy and like, oh, I wonder what it looks like. Oh, we're going to cock tease the audience. And it's just irritating. <laughs> it is very irritating. It's like, I want a nut. I yeah. want my nut. And, and if I don't get my nut, daddy gets angry. Yes. yes. <laughs> we, we know this. Nick has a very particular pre-recording session routine and he must go through it. And I know when he doesn't. I know when he doesn't. Do you have I always bugged. Uh, but we'll talk about this later. But maybe and, and I wanna, it this is a podcast. Maybe I want to talk about it now. We're not going to talk about it now. You know, we'll, 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 save, we'll save that one for later. More irritating than that. When we finally saw what they looked like, the weird amalgamation was really well done. Mm. Very well, like clear creative vision. Very disturbing. I don't know of other things like that that I've seen. If that if, if they failed to do a convincing, that would have been horrible and hard to watch. They nailed it. It was really cool. Everything around it, all of the contextual stuff in which we saw that was underwhelming, mm-hmm. and that that's just really disappointing. Because that really that was one of the high points of the film. Not just because I want to see body horror and see disturbing, horrible things, but because I want a movie that is really going to invoke that dread. And if they strung those sequences together, we would have had a very original, creepy movie. Even with the alpaca, the very clear thing reference that they were going for with the heads and all that. It, if you just... could, if you could say what your favorite death and least favorite death was, what would it be? I would say my least favorite is definitely when the when uh, it it looked like the older brother died. In the yeah, well. he, he just so. got like zapped, and it was like, okay, what are we just watching He's the gone. dog slowly being tortured in the well, and then light zaps the kid? It's like I didn't find that compelling. Um, Stupid. And probably my my favorite, just because of the shock value and the intensity. Nick Cage, no. <laughs> totally. It was Nick Cage. I cried. And yeah. It was, it was sad. No. No. I didn't I, feel I it. almost 
I almost think it was, um, do I even know? I don't think I know. I might have to think about that. I'm, I'm not really sure. What, what do you think your favorite one was? So I, I would say that it, I would say that it would, would have been the, the amalgamation between the, mm -hmm. the mother and son, but it kind of got taken away when the continuity issue, yeah. Nick Cage just comes out of nowhere, and uh, yeah, it was really fucking just zaps stupid. Up to the second floor after saying, "I'm gonna get a drink." You guys go on upstairs, and he's just behind them. <laughs> and then, I kind of liked the sheriff's death. It was very that was the tree, right? It was very yeah. It was very Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna have to go with uh, Lavinia's death. Her 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 death was pretty fucking awesome. Her, her eyes were glowing, and the the, oh, the scarification yeah. on her forehead was glowing. Mm -hmm. And it was just, and we got this this scene of like the the unknown, the the world from like another planet or whatever, where the, the Eldritch reside. And, right. um, and then she just slowly, like, Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> turns into yeah. Ash. Like, yep. I'm not, Mr. Stark, I'm not feeling so good. <laughs> yeah. But. You know what? That, that might be. That was probably more clim uh, climatic than the, the Marvel Universe. Because in the Marvel Universe, you knew that they were going to come back one way or another. I guess yeah. that's that's like a huge issue with with those movies. Anyways, um, will, yeah. <laughs> oh, I I didn't I didn't enjoy this. I, I was really trying to give it a shot. I was hoping for more after Mandy. I was hoping when I heard H.P. Lovecraft, I was like, man, maybe we're really in for a treat. Uh, and it didn't quite do it. And it is doable. Uh, there are some people in some reviews I was reading who were saying this. Well, they they were set up to fail. No, they weren't. Watch the HBO special Chernobyl. Fear of the unknown. They make you scared of a little block of graphite. It's you know, a very compelling show. You know what thing. else is doable, Brian? Please do not tell me. Satan. <laughs> okay. Where is this coming from? <laughs> I see. I'll let you yes. know. It's a it's an inside joke. And the audience is not... Just with you in your head? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. I guess it, we can call it that. <laughs> it, it was an inside joke between me and a high school buddy of mine. If he's listening right now, hi. Love you. I see. Um, so, yeah, Satan. Um, I still have yet to see Chernobyl. And I think that would be a wonderful series to cover on the podcast. It's if we do like Patreon exclusives that are like horror adjacent, it's it's very very good. Mm -hmm. Maybe very we could good. do like full like movie reaction. Like it sure, doesn't sure. even have to be cut. Like I'm pretty sure we could do that. I think maybe we could. That'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. So this is disappointing. Do you have anything else to say about it? I really wanted more out of it. I had high expectations. I shouldn't have. Yeah, I I feel like I kind of counted my chickens before they hatched. Yeah. And uh, some of them came out bloody. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, some of the visuals were pretty. Sure. Uh, but not as pretty as Mandy. Yeah. 
Nick Cage was entirely just, uncompelling. Uh, entire uh, is that horrible? I, I yeah, found him entirely tone deaf. It was very um, like when he was yelling at his daughter. He's like, "Get the fuck out of my sight." He, yeah, the he, accent that just came and went. It was very. It was supposed to be like very snobbish, like yeah, it, like very um, mocking. Yeah, like yeah. I, 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 I totally got where where what he was trying to go for, but mm-hmm. again, it just made me irritated and pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> like I wanted to punch him, and I don't condone violence upon Nick Cage, but yeah, uh, yeah, he just made me very upset. And I don't really appreciate that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. Just it it is what it is. Uh, I like some things about it. Me, me and Brian yeah. both agree. We like some things about it, but overall, it wasn't the best move. Like, wasn't a movie that I would watch again. So, right. with that being said, I guess it is time to eulogize this movie. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. God be with this young man's soul. Maybe be rotten and rest. I don't know what date. <laughs> I don't know what date this movie was. Was it 2018, 2019? Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. 1774. Uh, yeah, uh, 1649. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I almost forgot the title of the movie too. <laughs> I'm doing horrible as a priest. 1649's uh, National Treasure. <laughs> yeah. Um You will not be missed. Color out of space. I uh I will forever condemn you to the hell that you were spawned from. And with that, I will do it with A shotgun. Sure. Um, yeah, that's fair. A shotgun, and I'm burying it with. I'm burying it with a joint smoked from Tommy Chong. A very nice cameo. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh. The Necronomicon. Sure. Yes. The, the, I'm being very the, tame. The Barnes and Noble edition. It was I'm being very, very tame. I you would, are. I am shocked at, at your I was gonna say. I was going to say little boy. Well, now you're not being tame, Nick. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I, fine, throw the fucking little boy in oh, there. Here it goes. We're, we're back to the original podcast from the Black Lagoon, you, yep. where you always buried a human being alive. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We're, we're doing yep. it. Okay. Well, I am going to lay this film to rest with a movie poster with the tagline, What happened to the alpacas? Because that, <laughs> we both, when that line came, you and I immediately looked at each other. Like, that, you saw how ridiculous that was, right? <laughs> that line was absurd. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Are you getting voices I am getting voices <laughs> oh wow how, how, how could you uh, uh, voices voices well sometimes that is better ah 
So this one is from Bowden DB, published oh, on the... Okay, we both got the same one. It's okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we both went to the first thing we saw on IMDb. <laughs> oh my god! I, I was like, whatever, this is fine. <laughs> I love, I love your reaction. Just, oh, oh shit! <laughs> Clamoring. Yeah. I think knew it was going to happen. I don't know how. <laughs> Published. Uh, that would be June 30th of 2020. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I can't get over your... Oh, I can't get over your reaction. That was, that was so priceless. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Bowden DB published June... 30th of 2020 gave it eight stars and titled it pretty obvious it seems fairly obvious to me who has and who has not read this short story or any lovecraft for that matter so many reviews rating this movie a one and claiming that there is no point to the movie a lot of lovecraft's work is centered around how terrifying the unknown is you are supposed to feel unnerved and confused. You are meant to ask yourself, what the hell is going on? No, this movie may not be a 100% pure adaptation to the original story, but any Lovecraft story will need some tweaks to translate to film. That is just the nature of his stories. They are meant to tap into the limits of your imagination that is harder to do with visual movies. Anyway, if you enjoy Lovecraft, then watch this movie. Or, yeah, give uh, Lovecraft, yeah, uh, give this movie a watch. Okay, so all he did here was describe in perfect truth why Lovecraft is good. And then said watch the movie. At no point, at no point do we have any tie between and the movie did this exceedingly well. Right, it didn't. And, and I think all of the points he made are perfectly fair. Mm -hmm. um, if you do understand what Lovecraft is going for, right. then that you do but... watch the film differently. And in my opinion, that's why the movie failed. This is more than just an interesting, crazy film. It was going for something so big and deep, this abyss of dread, and it really fell short of that. It really felt like a very superficial interpretation of what Lovecraft's artistic mission was. So I don't get the condescending review here about, well, you guys just haven't read Lovecraft. It's like, well, if you have, I kind of feel like you would know the bigger scale that this film was kind of striving for, which you can still do if you cover a granular parochial little family. You can mm. still get that big scale with a few characters, right? Plenty yeah. of movies have done that. And I don't know. I, I don't really like this review. I don't think it's really a review at all. It's not really a review of the movie. It's, it's just saying, a statement. Here's what Lovecraft does really well. And then watch the movie. Cool. And then it's just like kind of blowing people off who probably didn't watch the film or read the book. Well, whatever. I don't know. I, I wasn't thrilled with this. What's your response to the review? I just... I mean, I I can understand how difficult it is to make an adaptation from yeah. a book to a movie, and that's like a very difficult task to pull off. But this movie didn't really make me feel anything at all. Yeah. If I was supposed to feel like chills to this unknown deity 
throughout this whole movie. I was expecting like this big reveal. Oh, here it comes, or uh, like this big standoff, and that's not really what we got. And I, I kind of understand it, but I don't know. I I really have to get into Lovecraft. I have I have a huge collection of his uh, work. Just have yet to even get to it. Um, so yeah if he enjoyed the movie cool that's that's all i really got to see about it if he enjoyed the movie more power to him i just didn't enjoy it yeah with yeah the way that i thought i would but there you go so uh, i guess that that's it for guts that's it for eulogy and that is it for wait a minute no that is not it for voice because you have a voice brian no i don't we have the same exact okay well, then you don't have a voice. I just I took don't. your voice and you took my uh, voice. I'm ruling over you. And yes. we're going straight into uh, the final cut. All right. So giving my very like displeased uh, opinions about this movie. I'm going to give it a three slashes out of ten. Okay. Although I did enjoy a few things here and there, it was not enough for me to say, "Oh, I want to come back and rewatch this movie." This is not not like rewatch worthy. Yeah, it really isn't. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm giving it such a low rating because if. If it had some redeeming qualities uh, to suffice a rewatch, then I totally would give it a higher rating. But it doesn't deserve that. I'm sorry. I'm not. (laughs) This just kind of crossed my mind very quickly. As far as the unknown, disturbing body horror creatures, this deep sense of dread and, mm. and cosmic chaos, The Mist was a very successful film, right. kind of in this niche. I just kind of want to put that out there. Okay, so my I, I'm not going to reiterate my, my issue with kind of trying to put my thoughts into a metric here, like I do every episode. I gave this four slashes out of ten. My thinking there is, you know, one, one star is just a black screen for two hours, 10 out of 10 of my favorite movies would be like the thing. Mm-hmm. And then 5 would be a perfectly average. I wouldn't recommend it. I don't hate it. I don't like it. I don't dislike it. It's just neutral. This is a 4 out of 10. And that is a bit charitable. Um, <laughs> not because I am the master film critic who knows all. But just out of my opinion, I feel like right. 4 is charitable. I would aim a bit lower. But it did have some sequences that I really liked. And I think the actors did a fine job. I just feel like it was really not great writing and pacing. Can I can I be honest with you? I felt like I was being charitable. Yeah, giving you know, this movie a three. Yeah, it's just I know we need, I need to leave some room in the lower in the lower end of this because I do know it's not the there worst some, movie of all time. Right. Yeah, there are some movies we have seen that would would be a bit lower on this chart. Mm-hmm. And I want to try to be fair to this film because it did do some things, service uh, serviceably, if not a bit better. But okay, four slashes out of ten. Um, I I would not recommend it to anybody, uh, and I I wouldn't rewatch it. And I it's a shame. I, I think this was kind of a missed chance to make something that could have been really cool. Um, but All again, right. the performances were fine. Some of the special effects were really interesting. 
uh, and, and some of the creative energy behind it was very clear and present. Yeah. But it didn't mesh together the way that I hoped it would, and that's okay. That's not really any one person's fault. Mm-hmm. But this is a film I'm going to forget tomorrow, and that's a shame. Well, that guess that does it for this episode of the podcast from the Black Lagoon. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you if you enjoyed this, then go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and uh, never miss never miss a post from us. Never yes. miss an episode. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Leave us reviews in iTunes, Google Play. Yes, please do. Please do. Yeah, yeah. if you do enjoy the show, we would love to get some engagement. Yeah, it goes a totally. Long way. Leave a review no matter what, honestly, um, and, and we, we will listen to it. And yeah, do check out the YouTube channel. Uh, mm-hmm. That's If you like this and you want something even more laid back, we do a lot of reactions on there. And it's just kind of... It, it, it's a fun little thing that we do and that yeah. might it, it will kind of fill in the gaps that it's we have a, in our episode here it's a bit loosey-goosey but it's our pre-game before we get into the podcast and it's a lot of fun it's yeah so much better than the way we used to do it where it was just like we find a day to do it on our own and just write notes and yeah this it's is good to watch the film together yeah so we 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 do things as a podcast together. We watch the movies together. And I think that's that's a be- that's a beautiful thing. Very fun. Um, and it's very fun. And we like to joke around and stuff like that. And yeah. Um, so yeah, th- I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, we will see you guys in the next episode. So yeah. stay stay tuned. Stay tuned.